0: Thank you for coming to SCC 305 scaling security resource for your first 10 million customers. My name is Eugene Yu. I'm a security risk and compliance consultant with AWS Professional Services. Eric and Brad from Cambia Health Solutions will join me and share the story of their cloud security journey. I work with customers and security organizations and oftentimes my customers tell me They don't want security to be a blocker or bottleneck for the organization's innovation. But at the same time, they have commitment to protect customer data, and they have to comply with regulatory framework. In this session, today I'm going to talk about how to scale your security and compliance infrastructure and how agile development with integrated testing, and validation leads to a secure environment, and why you need to treat your security infrastructure as code. So what do I mean by security resource? It's your security and compliance infrastructure, your process for your security operations, risk management, and risk governance, and your security staff. So let's talk about how you're scaling your security resource today in your data center, a more traditional approach. So you build workloads to support your customer demands. As your customer demands grow, you expand your workload to meet your customer demand. Blue line represents growing number of your customers. And green line represents. Expanding business workload to meet your customer need. When you're starting out, your exposure is low, your demand on infrastructure is low, and you deploy your security resource to protect your workload, as represented an orange dot here. So what do you do when you have more customers? You invest in bigger boxes deploy complex security solutions to protect your workload. And what do you do when you have more customers? You deploy more boxes, bigger boxes, and hire security staff to manage your bigger and complex security solutions. When you have customer demands are growing organically and exponentially, and you're business workloads are expanding to meet your customer demand. You can focus on adding security resource and achieve temporary growth, upscaling of your security resource, but it's hard to sustain. You can try to add more boxes, you can try to add security, uh, complex security solutions, but there is a hardware limit on your hardware. As threat, models, threat factors are changing, it takes time to mature your security and compliance processes. And as you all know, it takes time to recruit, hire, onboard, and ramp competent security staff. And what it does is create Capability gap between your security resource and the workload that you're trying to protect. And what it means to you is either you become a blocker for your organization's innovation, or you have to make tough risk based decisions to continue your business operations. Security can't be less agile than your business. This is not an option. Security resource must scale to keep pace with the business. AWS services allow you to build security at scale, and that's what we're going to talk about today. AWS recently released Security Perspective of Cloud Adoption Framework. It provides a framework to structure a plan for your cloud security journey. It details risk-based approach. It sets up cloud security model. And it helps you scale your security resource. We're not going to cover all aspects of security perspective of the cloud adoption framework. But the document is available publicly online on our website. So one day you were playing with your cats and you learned from your cats they want to be able to socially connect with other cats. And you did little market research, you talked to your neighbor's cat, and you also found out they also want to be able to socially connect with other cats just like humans do. And you had a great idea to develop a Mobile social app for cats. And you're calling it what's cat. And you set a vision of connecting one cat at a time. So I did quick internet search whether there really is What's cat or social app for cats. I was not able to find anything, so I just decided to use it. <laughs> So, What's Cat has a very simple feature. You can, or cats can post their updates, and other cats can follow other cats. And you created your minimal viable product, and you launch on a marketplace, and you're hoping your app is successful. It has very simple architecture. It has a single EC2 instance that serves as your back end for your mobile app. And you deployed Amazon Route 53, the main name system, to uh, connect your user's request with your EC2 instance. Although you have no customer today, you want to have strong access control to your resource. You want to have security configurations to protect your infrastructure. And you want visibility into your resource. And as you all know, it's time to establish core baseline security controls. AWS Identity and Access Management allows you to control access to your resource and forms a backbone of your cloud deployments. The sign-in identity that you use when you first created your account is your root account and has complete access to your resource. So let's create your first IAM user that you'll be using to configure your account and enable multi-factor authentication and eliminate the use of your root account. And let's define scope down IAM roles that will allow you to separate duties. Here I have developer and network admin roles that I define for my account. And create IAM users and groups with appropriate permissions that you can enforce. Least privileged access. And you launch your resource in an Amazon virtual private cloud, which is your own private section of the cloud. And you can define your network, a virtual network, and you have complete control over your virtual networking environment. It can define IP ranges that you're using. It can establish subnets, network ACLs, and deploy network gateways. A security group acts as a virtual firewall that controls traffic on one or more instance. To create distinct restricted security groups for each application role or each application peer, So, for example, here, I'm going to create What's Cat application tier security group. And for my bastion host, I'm going to create a separate security group role for a security group. And establish governance for your security groups, such as tagging or naming. It will help you manage your security groups as you scale up. AWS CloudTrail allows you to monitor your AWS deployments by getting history of your API calls made on your account. So enable CloudTrail for all regions. So you may not be using all regions today, but it does two things. So if you're only using certain regions, you know that you have a proof that you're not using other regions. And when AWS launches a new region, you'll automatically get a trail for other regions when you enable all all region CloudTrail. And you can store your CloudTrail logs in a defined S3 bucket. Amazon CloudWatch provides visibility into your resource, including your resource utilization, overall demand pattern, and operational performance, such as CPU utilization, disk read-write, and network traffic. And why it's important? It helps you spot unusual activities within your account. If you see unusual CPU utilization on your EC2 instance, it could be a leading indicator of a security event. Now you have over 1,000 cats using What's Cat and sharing their updates. Your minimal viable product gained traction, and you need to learn from your customers to iterate. Your customers have asked for more features. In addition to sharing their social update, they want to share photos. So, you're adding cat photos feature to support your customer needs. So, you want to make sure your application is highly available. And as you have more customer data, you want to make sure you're protecting their data. And in order to support the development of a new feature, you're onboarding new developers to your team and you're implementing a source control system to manage your source code and and binaries and you're implementing a delivery pipeline to automate your release of your software. So resiliency is often the reason customers choose AWS and leveraging AWS global infrastructure, you can architect to address failover and fault tolerance. Initially, we had single EC2 instance that serves as your back end. Let's separate it out to web instance and database. And we're using Amazon RDS for your database. And we're designing our application across multiple availability zones. So one instance fails, other instance in other availability zone will serve the customer's request. And we're deploying Elastic Load Balancing, which helps you achieve greater fault tolerance by automatically routing inbound traffic across multiple EC2, across multiple availability zones. Autoscaling is the automatic resizing of your compute cluster on demand. And you can grow or shrink your web tier as needed. And autoscaling helps you automatically scale to handle increased traffic. And the Elastic Load Balancer helps you reduce your attack service by receiving the request on behalf of your application. You have more data from customers, and you get pressures to protect your customer data. AWS Key Management Service is a managed service that allows you to create and control your encryption keys to protect your customer data. Enable encryption on elastic block storage. You're encrypting uh, your data volume inside your volume and all snapshots created from the volume at rest. Enable encryption on Amazon RDS. You're encrypting data for the database instance, automated backups, read replicas, and snapshots created from the instance, and enable encrypt your object for your Amazon S3. You use identity access management to control access to your key material. And KMS is integrated with CloudTrail that provides you visibility into your key usage. And elastic load balancing supports end-to-end encryption in motion. And you can terminate your TLS encryption at the load balancer. So I'm going to pause the cloud security journey of What's Cat And the team at WatchCat wants to learn from high-performing customers and how other customers are scaling their security resource and how they are embracing the cloud-native service to protect their cloud resource. I'm excited to introduce Eric and Brad from Canby Health Solutions.
1: Thank you, Eugene. Happy to be here and share our story. So nearly 100 years ago, a group of physicians in Pierce County, Washington, formed the nation's first, the United States' first employer-based health plan. That company, the Pierce County Medical Bureau, eventually became the Regents Blue Cross Blue Shield brand, which is a member of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association, and also one of the Cambia Health Solutions companies today. Cambia Health Solutions is focused on transforming healthcare to make it more person-focused and economically sustainable. We want to embrace cloud innovation, and to do so, we're building on AWS, we're providing people with tools to make smarter healthcare choices. We're providing medication effectiveness platforms, wellness rewards platforms, and just generally empowering people to shop for make smarter decisions about the cost of their care and the quality of the care they receive. So to do this, we are a federally regulated company being in the healthcare vertical. We have to always comply with HIPAA. But we feel that DevOps and automation really empowers us in incredible ways. We've come to believe that we can be more secure in our own data center, in the, in the AWS data center, than we can in our own data centers. And to do that, we're leveraging the security model of AWS, and we're aligning with serverless and managed services. And we really want to focus our security resources up the stack and allow AWS to do what they do well. We also don't want to slow down our business at all. We want to stay one step ahead, build guardrails, not gates, keep them moving, and really take an approach of continuously monitoring and enforcing security policy against the environment. So I'll show you a bit about how we do that at Cambia. We've put together this continuous monitoring and enforcement architecture. We have a CloudFormation script that lays down a CloudTrail in each of our AWS accounts. This brings all of the CloudTrail logs, kind of an unprecedented visibility into what's happening in these accounts and the way the services are being used into our central bucket Each time a log file drops, it fires an S3 event notification to an SNS topic. We use this as a bit of a multiplexer to wake a bunch of lambdas. So those S3 events wake up our lambdas. They pull down those log files and unpack them and look for interesting events, as we call them. We then log those events. We may alert on them depending on what they are and we may go ahead and fix something if we have a high degree of confidence we can do so safely. So here is an example of some of the things we're enforcing. Anytime multi-factor auth is disabled on an account, we know about it. An unauthorized region being used, we know about it. Cloud trail or logging being turned off, we can know about it. And really, the sky is the limit here in terms of the ability to enforce security policy against these environments. So a good start. it's relatively simple. The lambdas are independent, so we can tune and tweak without affecting anything else in the, in the flow. Uh, cons. we customize each lambda anytime we want to change anything. That's not a great approach. And then a lack of context in the events. We really just have the raw cloud trail event, which makes it hard to know exactly which workload this is, uh, who is this user and what department do they report to, et etc. So keep building, right? We want to move to a three tier Lambda design to decouple and scale. Uh, we want to be more efficient with the way we unpack those cloud trail logs and only do it once, not in every Lambda. Again, we get build per execution time of Lambda, so the faster we can be, the cheaper it is. We want additional context. We want to know which workload is this, who is this user, uh, you know, what is, and really understand the the maturity of their DevOps process so we can tailor our security policy to it. And then we want the flexibility to really do things like dry run and tune and alert uh, with that additional context per app workload. So here's what that improved architecture looks like. The left-hand side is very similar. We pull all those logs into a central bucket. S3 event notification fires. SNS wakes up the Lambda. That first tier of Lambda does nothing but unpack the CloudTrail logs and put them back into CloudWatch events. That brings up our next tier of Lambda right in the middle there, where it's enriching the events with additional organizational context. And then we have a DynamoDB signature table as well, which is where we store the signature logic. And then another tier of Lambdas that are more tuned directly to logging, alerting, and autofix behavior. So now we're enriching events for additional granularity in the way we apply policy. We have a centralized policy and signature database. We're optimizing Lambda for speed. Uh, We're at a point now where we are spending about $50 a month on storing all of the logs for our organization at AWS, and about $2.60 on Lambda each month. So we're getting a great deal for what we're doing. Uh, The cons, we do need to be more careful about regression testing and make sure something we do... Upstream doesn't take down something downstream. We've got it all in version control. We can always roll back. And then also, we need to be able to turn this over to Ops. So we need a UI for analyst workflows. They need to be able to respond to events. They need to be able to tune and tweak the application and a dashboard for reporting. Uh, we need a sync process to keep our enrichment DB current when people come and go as the organization changes. Integration with ticketing systems, as was mentioned earlier. Uh, We really want to make sure that we can cut a ticket when something's wrong, that that ticket can be checked and closed as needed. Potentially apply secure configurations at creation time when something like an S3 bucket is instantiated. Let's just lay down the encryption we expect. Let's just lay down the logging we expect, the version control we expect. It's very easy to do. Then also, we want to start experimenting with VPC flow logs and threat intel, and do some correlation there, and really know in our environment when there's a, a pattern that doesn't quite look normal, or maybe some malicious IP that's on a threat intel list is initiating connections to our environment. To really be very event-driven and blacklist that traffic in real time. So that's where we're headed. And I'd like Brad to give you a demo. There you go, Brad.
2: Thanks, Eric. Can we switch over to the uh, demo? I'm going to uh, take a risk and try running a live demo here, so bear with me. All right. So what I'm going to show here is how Cambia Health Solutions is using AWS Lambda with CloudTrail and CloudWatch events to automate the security of our accounts. I'm logged into one of our accounts here, and uh, let's take a look at some of the Lambdas we've got set up in here. Amazon. There we go. Now we're looking at it. Okay, so we're looking at a list of lambdas that are currently defined within this account. Um, You can hopefully see, based on our naming convention and the descriptions, that some of these lambdas are hooked into CloudTrail or CloudWatch events, while others are uh, utility functions that are um, hooked into integrate with third-party vendors or other AWS services. Um, some of these Lambdas simply look for particular events and notify our staff if anything is questionable is going on, things like MFA being deactivated, um, critical API methods being called in particular accounts or regions, etc. cetera. Um, other Lambdas actually take action to remediate. Um, I'll show one of those now. This one's probably going to let me reload as well. Okay, so we have a lambda that monitors our Cloud Trail logs for all of our various accounts, Um, watching for configuration changes. Uh, And if the Lambdas detect that someone has done something like stopping a trail, um, disabling the multi-region, deleted it, et cetera, uh, it'll actually call out to the Cloud Trail API to restore the desired state. So I will demonstrate that here by actually going in and changing some of those settings. And I will start by, let's turn off the multi-region setting, and we'll actually go ahead and turn it off entirely. So there's, of course, with CloudTrail uh, a sort of a batch process for events. It rolls them up over a window of time before delivering them to your S3 bucket. So there is a delay before our Lambda notices that anything has happened. Um, If we get a notification from our Lambda that CloudTrail has been tampered with, while we can feel pretty confident that the Lambda has turned it back on immediately, we would still launch uh, an incident process to investigate why it was turned off, uh, go speak with the person who did that, um, ensure nothing else occurred while it was out of commission, do sort of a, a config check against our account, and there are other great tools for doing that, like AWS Config to actually do a diff of um, your uh, account state between what you thought it was to what it should be, and hopefully figure out what might have happened while it was off. Um, I will also note that there's some things that you can't currently catch. For example, uh, if a trail is updated to point at a different S3 bucket, uh, the event noticing that change is actually delivered to the new bucket, not the old one. So that's a good way for um, someone to maybe make a change that our Lambda would not catch. And for that reason, we actually take a belt suspenders approach, where we use scheduled Lambdas that are uh, executed regularly with CloudWatch events um, to actually go in and make sure that things are still configured properly. So we make sure that we're still getting things delivered to our S3 bucket. We make sure that our SNS topic and our Lambda are still all hooked up to that bucket. Um, we make sure that things are pointed where they should be and that everything exists. And so we do that on a regular basis to make sure that not only are we watching the events, but we're actually getting the events where we want them to be. Um, OK. so. While we're waiting for that batch of events to be delivered to our Lambda and for it to take action to fix that, let's take a look at some of the things that we're doing with CloudWatch events. So, CloudWatch events are great for real time remediation because they are delivered, the events are delivered within milliseconds of the API call that triggers them. Um, unlike CloudWatch where you've, or sorry, unlike CloudTrail where you've got that roll-up process. Unfortunately, events are a little bit harder to centralize because the event rules and their targets, whether that's a Lambda or an SNS topic or et cetera, those all have to be in the same account. So it's a little bit more difficult for us to integrate those things, uh, into a standard template that we can roll out to folks. We haven't quite matured that yet. Um, you can work around that by routing things through a SNS topic and, and bouncing things across accounts like that or by using a proxy lambda or other things like that to switch them through accounts. But it's not quite as cut as dry, cut and dried as the cloud trail, where all it takes is a few clicks to configure a trail that can point at a bucket. And that bucket can be in any account, not necessarily the same one where the uh, trail is coming from. So within our account, we have a couple things hooked into CloudWatch events for EC2. Um, right now, we're using this just within our account to ensure that we don't start any instances that are in violation of our security policies, such as those that require encryption of all our EBS volumes, dedicated tenancy for all of our instances, et cetera. So I'm going to launch an instance, and I'm just going to use a stock AMI. Um, I'm going to launch it into shared tenancy without any volume encryption, and let's take a look at what happens. Normally, of course, uh, any sane person would use infrastructure automation to do this, in our case, Ansible. Um, But just for the purposes of the demo, I'm going to click through so you can see specifically what I'm doing without my having to poke through uh, Ansible roles or playbooks. Put that in our dev VPC. Don't need any roles, we'll go ahead and shut it down. We will use an existing security group, so I don't clutter up my account with a bunch of launch wizards, which I'm sure everyone loves. And this is the fun part in the demo, where we wait for our timing to line up. So it starts out in pending, and of course, there's that little bit where it goes from pending to running. And um, we'll keep an eye on, see what happens here. So now it's running, and at this point, uh, CloudWatch event sort of kicked off that notification to our Lambda, and our Lambda is going to go out and do some examination of this, and it's going to check, you know, what tenancy it's running in. Uh, it's going to look at all the EBS volumes that are attached to it, make sure that they are. Uh, encrypted, and if they're not, it will actually take action to resolve that. Once it notices that, it'll do a couple things. We'll actually get a couple um, notifications over here um, noting who uh, kicked off a new instance launch. Um, it'll tell us what it didn't like about it, and it'll tell us what it did about it, and where they did it from. Oop, here we go. So we got a notification that a non-dedicated instance was started. And my apologies, you can't see this because the font is tiny. You can fix that. So you can see the instance ID that was started, what it didn't like about it, had default tenancy, who did it, and where they did it from. If we go back over here to our EC2 console, see, sure enough, it's been turned to shutting down and it will actually be terminated and disappear off our console shortly. So that was all done. As you saw, the timing is a little bit variable. Sometimes it happens where you can't even catch it in the running state. It'll go immediately from pending to shutting down. Other times, um, depending on the, the, the back end queuing and, and the, the latency on the events and the lambda execution, um, it'll take upwards to a couple seconds. But it hopefully is quick enough for you know no one to actually gotten in there and done anything before you yank the rug out from underneath them. And hopefully, we should also have another notification here. Yep. Another thing you didn't like about it unencrypted volumes tells us the volume ID. And again, who did it and where they did it from. So, we're also using Lambda to do some other things. I'm playing guess and check with my uh, tabs here. Apologies. So we are using the CloudWatch logs agent on all of our EC2 instances, and we wanted a way to archive events out to S3 for long-term storage and ingest into other things like our ELK stack. So we're using Kinesis Firehose to do that um, to get things out into our S3 bucket, and that that requires configuration uh, per log group. Um, There's no way to set it up so that all new uh, log groups as they're created automatically have that firehose subscription. You have to go in and do it after they're created. Um, so rather than have to remember to do that every time we set up something, every time something creates a new log group, like maybe someone makes a new Lambda and starts logging, um, we've actually got a Lambda that goes out and it runs automatically, again triggered by uh, CloudWatch events on a schedule, and it goes in and it blows out our template configuration to that new log group. So it sets the expiration time, it sets up a Firehose uh, subscription, and makes sure that it's delivering to our S3 bucket. So those are just a few examples of how you can use Lambda Cloud Trail and CloudWatch events to automate your security stack. So as we continue to build, like Eric mentioned, uh, our event pipeline will become more streamlined and capable. We'll get hooks into additional systems for event metadata enrichment. We'll get more automated remediations um, as uh, we become and uh, as our operations team becomes more comfortable with things that we're doing with our lambdas, and we'll have active hooks into other accounts and um, third-party systems like uh, threat intelligence. So... Hopefully, while I was talking, uh, we got a new batch of events delivered into our S3 bucket for CloudTrail. Let's take a look.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not yet. generally takes about anywhere from like a five to ten minute window for events to roll up. Once that gets delivered, we'll actually see, we'll, you know, in addition to having our email notification, we will actually have a configuration change made to our CloudTrail that will put it back into compliance. Let's take a look here. Oh, sure enough. It's on. And you can see that it's set to all regions again. So it's put right back into compliance, right where we wanted to be. Hopefully Outlook is playing along. Oh, actually it played along faster than I wanted to. We actually had those notifications down here. So we can see that our cloud fill configuration was changed. We can see what option was changed. The apply trail all regions was turned off. And we can see it was stopped. And you can see that I was the one that did it, and here's where I did it from. So it actually caught it while I was running my EC2 demo and went back and turned it on for me. So it caught that all nicely. So um, this is the sort of automation and integration that's going to help us keep our company's AWS, make sure that our security footprint scales as our company's footprint grows. So whether we've got one account or 1,000 accounts or 100 customers on that or a million customers, our security scales automatically. We don't have to be going out and uh, launching new instances. Lambda's scale for us, CloudTrail scales for us. Everything happens automatically. We don't have to change much other than our code. Thanks for watching.
0: Thank you, Eric and Brad, for sharing the cloud security journey of Cambia Health Solutions. So back to the cloud journey of WhatsCAD. So now you have hundred thousand customers, cats sharing their updates and photos using WhatsCAD, and this is an outstanding achievement. Now now that you have validated there's a strong demand, your business is focusing on creating more customers. And your customers have asked for more features. They want to be able to connect with other cats near them. So we're adding a feature, Cats Near Me. Your development team is expecting fast growth and security needs to keep pace with the growth of your business. You really need to start, optimize, and mature your security operations. So as we discussed earlier, your development team is using source control system to manage source code and binaries and implement a delivery pipeline to automate the release of your software. It's time to iterate from the security operations. So defining your security infrastructure in code, just like your business workload does, allows you to manage your change management process and configuration management of your security resource. And it allows you to have repeatable security infrastructure that you can scale across your multiple environments. AWS CodeCommit allows you to build highly scalable, secure, and manage source control system that you can host private git repositories. You manage your security infrastructure code using CodeCommit. Also, you wanna manage your internal design document, your security architecture documents, your security controls document. What you're doing is promoting the culture of not over-relying on a single person or a single team for your security architecture or your security configurations. AWS CloudFormation allows you to define your security infrastructure in code and allows you to m- define multiple security infrastructure stacks that are mapped to your organization structure that helps you separate duties. Here I define IAM stacks to manage configuration for IAM custom policies, groups, and roles. Infrastructure stack to manage VPC, security group, network ACL configurations. And logging stack to define my CloudTrail, S3 buckets to store CloudTrail logs, and bucket policies to protect my S3 bucket. And I also created Security Watch alarms to monitor security events related to CloudTrail. Managing security infrastructure as code allows you to implement strong version control, source control, which allows you to do a peer review of your code, and your design documents, your architecture documents, and it allows you to be transparent of the work that you're doing, the engineering decision that you're making. It provides assurance and visibility, so it ensures the integrity of every commit you make, and the code that you put in, or your team put in, And you know that's what you get out of the source control system. And it helps you trace who, what, when changes were made. And importantly, it's a knowledge management system that helps you scale. When you scale up and you onboard your next hundred developers, this is a place, single place for them to go, to learn and to ramp up with your new environment. And they can use the security infrastructure defined in code to deploy in their development and test environment to ramp up. Now that you have defined your security infrastructure programmatically in code, you need to integrate how you integrate and deliver your security resource. Just like your application does, just like your infrastructure does. You need to treat your CI CD pipeline as your most sensitive security workload. You have to have high trust and confidence in your CI CD pipeline. There are two aspects of security responsibility for your CICD pipeline. There's security of the pipeline and security in the pipeline. So security of the pipeline. So think about what access permission your pipeline has. And think about who has access to your pipeline, who can inherit that control, access permission. You need to harden, you need to secure your pipeline and ensure you have least privileged access to your pipeline. And you want to have robust logging and monitoring of your production process. And security in the pipeline, you need to integrate security testing and validation in your pipeline. Amazon Inspector will be integrated into your pipeline and allow you to conduct security assessment to improve security and compliance of your application. Amazon Machine Image provides the information that is required to launch your EC2 instance. And having a robust AMI management lifecycle is similar to having a strong supply chain management process. It helps you with speed and efficiency, but it gives you confidence that your instance is configured to meet your security and compliance requirement. Here's a quick overview of AMI lifecycle management process that you can automate using the pipeline that you created. For you start with your public AMI and configure and harden and using Amazon Inspector to then conduct a the vulnerability testing and create your approved AMI or golden AMI that meets your organization's security and compliance requirements. And when your developers launch using this golden AMI, you can run Amazon Inspector and use AWS config rule to validate that they're using or approved AMI by checking the AMI ID. And when you're running your instance, you can use AWS Lambda to run scheduled event to check whether still valid AMI, approved AMIs are being running. And also, you can define automated mitigation such as isolation or termination of your instance. Now, you have over a million cats actively using WhatsCat. WhatsCat is highlighted in news media. And it's, it's one of the most popular app for cats. Now, you're getting pressure from your CFO and your investors to monetize. So you're adding a feature, buy cat food. So cats can go, just click and buy an cat food uh, from your What's Cat app. You need to provide service at scale and as you have more customer data and more sensitive customer data such as payment information you need to be able to protect their data in your app so you're getting extra pressure as you have you're handling sensitive customer information you need to store and process customer data at scale. Amazon DynamoDB is NoSQL database that provides fast performance and scalability. Amazon DynamoDB client-side encryption, which is available in GitHub, will allow you to sign and encrypt data when stored in DynamoDB. And your developers can use AWS encryption SDK to encrypt customer data inside the application. And they're all integrated with KMS APIs. And you can use the customer master keys that you define in KMS. Now you have customers accessing your applications globally, from Americas, Asia, EMEA, So you want to provide great customer experience and provide low latency for your end users. Amazon CloudFront allows you to accelerate the delivery of your content using a global network of our edge locations. And AWS allows you to deploy your applications multi-region to meet your high availability and to meet your regional security and compliance requirements, such as data locality. So you know you, the data you put in in a certain region will stay in that region. And as you have more customers, you attract more bad guys. So some dogs got jealous that cats had their own social media app, and they want to exploit a vulnerability in your applications. They want to flood your infrastructure with unwanted traffic. AWS Web Application Firewall will help you monitor detect, and mitigate web layer attacks. Okay. Now you have over 10 million customers using What's Cat to share their updates, to buy cat food, and they share their photos. AWS provides and handles the heavy lifting of managing infrastructure. So you continue leveraging the AWS service to handle the heavy lifting of your infrastructure. For example, Cognito will manage the heavy lifting of handling your infrastructure for user identities. So your authentication, user directory, and user sign up And AWS services provide native logging features such as VPC flow logs, ELB access log, S3 S3 bucket logs that you can aggregate to have more visibility using Elasticsearch and use Kibana to have more visibility into your resource. So you want to Make sure security controls that you put in place react as expected. And you want to validate security and compliance operations that are defined in your security playbook and runbook are performed as you expected. Running a security incident response simulation Will help you assess your readiness for security instance. It helps you prepare for real security instance. AWS will help you get more faster and agile in, in your incident response. And what's really important is running a security instance response simulation will help you and your team build confidence in their security instrument response. Security practitioners job is answering tough questions, such as who changed my configuration, who changed my data, who accessed my data. So let's automate the way we answer these questions. So humans will define security rules and configurations. And security resource will run itself and scale itself. And ultimately, the goal is to give humans more time to play with their cats. (laughs) Thank you for coming. And please remember to fill out your evaluation. And we'll be outside to answer any questions. Thank you.